Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listick Behind the Curtain, an opportunity to step away from the politics you watch me cover on WGN-TV into a world of great fun, which is the world of theater and the arts here on our WGNRadio.com podcast called Behind the Curtain. I got to tell you, I, I don't know the last time I've been this excited both to do an interview and to talk about a show that's been in Chicago that knocked my socks off in a way that other shows just have not. And I don't think I'm saying anything the guests have not heard yet. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in just a second. But I, I will tell you, I, I have been getting emails from just an old friend who is a law school dean, actually, and whatever. And he just said, Paul, you've probably seen it. But if you don't see Tommy, this is on and on. And I'm getting so many messages about this. And I posted a review, which has people going, I'm going, I'm getting tickets. Uh, I've just never seen anything like it. Let's talk about it. But let me introduce the group of folks who are nice enough to join me uh, for this. First of all, I mean, it doesn't get much better than this, than having both the uh, person responsible for the book and the director of this show. Uh, Des Mackinup is with us. And uh, thank you for your time. I know you're back in New York, and I just really appreciate your joining this conversation my pleasure now pete townsend said he wouldn't do it if you were here no i'm kidding i made that up <laughs> uh, and also joining us three of the stars and you know when i look i kind of like oh what order should i introduce but I, I i have no idea what order to introduce you all because you are all just magnificent stars uh in this show so i'm going to go in the order in which i know you so i'm going to begin with adam jacobs uh who plays captain walker who i worked with in our backstage uh show for comcast for aladdin the last time uh the last time we worked together uh you're good been debut adam and of course you were simba in the lion king saw you in that marius in lame is my goodness i don't know just it just it's so good to have you back and i know you live in the area now and and i know you're it's new york's loss but hey i'm so glad you live in the chicago area i'm happy to be here <laughs> good to see you and i run into you at openings and things from time to time and i always love doing that and playing your wife uh is uh, we'll go in that direction uh allison love plays mrs walker also your debut here at the goodman but you too on broadway and waitress and escape to margaritaville and you were fontaine and les mis so i'm thinking before we done you and adam do a little number together from les mis <laughs> okay sounds good we'll make it work all right and the guy i, I gotta tell you I, Ali, how you do this role is so stunning. You're all stunning, but this, it is so amazing. I was going to say a bad word and I can't do that uh, on, on radio, but the bad word meaning a good word. Um, yeah. It is so amazing. <laughs> Ali Louis Borsky, and now I'll just call you um, Ali Borsky, uh, but uh, who plays the role of Tommy. I guess we'll say the more adult Tommy, the older Tommy, uh, than we get in just the little ones. And you, of course, the national tour saw you here in the band's visit. Um, you've been at the Goodman before. What a group. Des, could you have asked for a better group of people to work with in this show? Absolutely not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the best top drawer, all of them. In incredible. So I have to tell you. So now I just have to, you know, just enjoy this for a moment. First of all, in my review, I gave you five stars out of four. I've never done that before in my life. Uh -huh. I walked out <laughs> in intermission and saw Bob Falls, the retiring artistic director, and just looked at him and said, holy crap. <laughs> he looked at me and went, holy crap. <laughs> it's, so there's no way to put this into words, the experience of this show we're going to get a little history from des which is amazing but i'm going to come to you ali first because tell folks i mean you know you think everybody knows the story of the who's tommy and i don't think i've said the who's tommy before i've just said tommy so i need to say the who's tommy uh what is the story all about because it's kind of about you sure 
I mean, you know, I've really gone about it with two main trains of thought where it's like the music is first and foremost and bringing like the legacy of what this music is to it and, you know, the, to the forefront of the story and understanding the history of it and just how important it is and um, how long it's lasted and how many people have known this music and the people that don't know it, how they come to it and, and immediately are drawn to it and like experience this, their own like intimacy with themselves through the music. So that's, you know, first and foremost. And then, you know, with the story, um, just like going about it, seeing how pop culture evolves and how this show evolves with its, with that same story and how, um, no matter how long humanity exists, we're always going to be putting people up on pedestals and trying to, um, follow people and, and, and project our own wants and desires onto people and how that can be extremely dangerous. Uh, I'm so glad you did that because I, you know, I thought you'd say, well, it's a story about this little boy who whatever. And it's really not that story about that. I mean, it is, but uh, there's just so much more to this. Let's, Des, let's go to you and get some, some history on this show. You know, when I first saw the show was opening, of course, I just, this was, I mean, I, I knew about this because I, I actually am a donor to the Good Mingling. I kind of knew about all this before it even went public. Uh, so I was so excited about it. But here's the thing. In my younger days, I used to be a movie theater usher and um, at a, a theater called the Old Orchard Theater that, that was here for many years. And we ran to, uh, the Who's Tommy, the, the movie, uh, was there for a long time. And of course, it's been on Broadway. So there may be some people, and when I talk to them, they go, well, yeah, wasn't that, isn't that, in other words, haven't they just brought this thing back? And Des, they couldn't be more wrong. Well, the, the, uh, the motion picture really should be called Ken Russell's Tommy, and and certainly it's the Who's music, and and they're actually even in the film. But it's really Ken Russell that was a brilliant filmmaker. It's really his vision, and uh, uh, I think the reason that ours is called the Who's Tommy, you know, uh, has to do with the fact that it, it really is uh, uh, Pete, you know, who's the principal creator, of course, of of the piece, and. Um, yeah. So, and and the, we did do it uh, uh, years ago. On, uh, we did a, a version on Broadway, which is how the the story, in a sense, how, how we ended up uh, collaborating on on the story on on the book, and which is of course based on the the album by the Who in the sixties, but has you know evolved, I guess, considerably. Is much more detailed and and so on. Uh, and I could just kind of hope that everybody would forget that we've done it, and so uh, I did. We did it again. Um, I mean, that I'm being facetious. The, the real reason is that as we started talking about this, we, we were, were, worked on a, a screenplay version of it, which we have. Uh, Pete was anxious to uh, make a record of, of the story that we kind of uh, collaborated on. And, and By the way, you're saying Pete, just for folks that we're talking about Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend, yes. And uh, so, but, you know, as we talked about it, we realized that Tommy is more pertinent today then certainly when uh, they recorded the album and, uh, and uh, frankly more pertinent than when we, we did the, the stage version. So it just screamed to be done again for these times. Well, I agree with you. By the way, I cheated you with the introduction because I, I was just so excited to introduce your role in all of this that I forgot to say you are a two-time Tony-winning director with shows including A2 Proud and Jersey Boys and How to Succeed and Billy Crystal 700 Sundays. I have a signed baseball from Billy if you want to buy it. We'll talk about that. And uh-huh. um, uh, so, I mean, you're – and by the way, I think I know where your next Tony might be coming from. We'll oh. see. Um, but uh, I, sh- I sure hope so. But uh, so, Adam, let let me come to you. First of all, as as part the thing I think is really cool about this, everybody, you know, we 
talk about this as kind of a rock musical, rock opera, however you want to, you know, people describe it in different ways. But here's the thing. There is a book. There's hardly any sort of talking in it. But when you're watching the show, you you don't get the feel. You get the feeling that you're hearing dialogue, that you're hearing, you know, just this conversation going on between people. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and is that the art of direction, the writing? And, and talk about your role as Captain Walker and whether you agree with what I just said. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. It's definitely... Um sort of a cinematic experience as an actor for me, uh, you, you, it is almost entirely sung. I think Des had mentioned there are only eight uh, spoken lines in the piece. Um, and what that does, it sort of creates this, um, this train that just leaves the station and doesn't stop. And you're, dr- you're really drawn into the story through the music um, as you are witnessing the show. I feel like, and, and being on stage, it, it really does just, keep going and, and uh, the momentum of it carries it even further. Um, so um, as Captain Walker, um, I have the unfortunate responsibility of having caused uh, a lot of the trauma uh, in Tommy. Um, and at the same time, I think my character, I was just thinking about this, uh, somewhat represents a lot of the uh, antagonism or the, the, the re- you know, this show is about rebellion in a lot of ways as well. Um, and my character sort of is the father that, that the, the people rebelled against that, that, that paternalistic thing back in the, back in the day when, when Tommy was written. And, and so I, I also have that uh, layer as well um, that I'm just trying to explore. I continue to explore as, as we go. And, um, it's an ongoing process and it's, it's, it's such a uh, intense piece. And I, I really, um, am discovering things as I go along. And it's, it's been really, uh, just an, an amazing journey, um, as they say. As I've watched you in other roles, I mean, there's a, there's a lightness about your, your characters and performance and all of that. And, and here, you're darker here, yeah. uh, for sure. In fact, I thought when you first walked on stage, I said, I wonder if he'll sneak in a little proud of my boy before, you know, at the end of the show, uh, just to let Tommy know. No, I'm kidding. Absolutely not. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but, you know, but what I'm saying is this character is just so different from, from the things you've done before that I almost looked down at my program and go, like, that is Adam, right? Um, because it's so different. Allison, Mrs. Walker, in many ways, your character goes through transformation during the course of this show. And it's an amazing thing to watch. Thank you. It's a really fun thing to play. I always say like her emotional journey, she goes through like every heightened emotion within the first 15 minutes of the play. And it's it's been a really fun experimental way of storytelling because it is so different because there are no lines. You almost have to approach it as detailed yet economical and efficient as possible so it's been really fun <laughs> yeah and and you know it's funny it wasn't until i don't know going through i wasn't thinking about the choreography in the show as i sat down to watch it and adam i don't know if you noticed i was front row center on opening night so if you heard somebody screaming adam um that was me but <laughs> um but i'm coming back again in a couple of weeks i'll scream for ollie and allison this time so um but anyway the, the choreography lauren Lataro. i gotta tell you after a while because I, I said I went in not thinking about choreography, and then all of a sudden I'm going, "Holy crap! I mean, look at the choreo!" I mean, it's it's almost as classic as Bob Fosse, as identifiable as a Bob Fosse. You can watch Bob Fosse and know it's Fosse. And Des, let me ask you about that because I, you know, I don't know a lot uh, of Lauren's work, but the choreo, the timing, the movements, the shit, just. It is stunning to what I keep using the word stunning. Chris Jones used it to describe. Everybody's talking about the show is stunning. I'm going to do it too. The choreography is stunning. 
Well, I, I will take the, the compliment for Lauren and I'll be sure to pass it on. Um, she's uh, actually in Italy now, so I hope to see her again soon. Yeah, well, we actually did another piece together called Independence that Allison actually uh, did with us, uh, uh, did a version of it. And uh, we did a full staging over about six weeks. And, you know, we, we employed, she employed uh, a, 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 a kind of modern dance aesthetic, which is not always done in the musical theater. I've worked with a couple of other wonderful uh, modern dance choreographers over the years, but, you know, it's normally, normally we go to kind of a jazz-based thing. And I've worked with Wayne Salento a number of times, including on, on Tommy before, and he definitely comes from that sort of Fosse, you know, tradition. And that's extraordinary. But this brought something new to the table. And so as we workshopped it before we went into rehearsal at the Goodman, we, you know, experimented with that. She did creating steps that came that, you know, came from a different kind of vocabulary. And it, it felt absolutely right. And it's very fresh, I think, and different than other musical theater pieces and and she's been a joy to uh to work with i just think it's so identifiable and i'll just do a quick shout out as well to david corns the set designer projections uh by peter negrini it is so striking so, i mean the projections the set it's it, it's almost like a character in the show uh because you just you you don't know and again i i tend to sit kind of front row center kind of a thing but i still i'm taking it all in i've just got to see everything that's going on up there it was it was so amazing ali let me come back to you you have to have a kind of a special relationship look there are three tommies in the show i'm not giving anything away um but there are a couple of younger versions of tommy that we see and we get to you i'm curious during like the rehearsal process whatever what how did you work with it was it like oh Get away from me, kids. You're a little kid. No. I, the, the, how did you work with them to sort of build the fact that I, I have become, you have become me, I've become you. Talk, can you talk to me about how that developed in yeah. rehearsal? Well, it's, yeah, it's so interesting because it's like working with the kids and then also there's multiple versions of the Tommy that I play as well. And so it was sort of finding like the sequence of that. But yeah, working with the kids is great. I mean, there's just something, just in general, working with kids, they have such this amazing, like, optimism and constant joy that was like really infectious. That was just fun in general, but it was cool to just see like what they were creating because Tommy is such this like open vessel of a person and such a um, person that experiences the world in a completely different way than most people do. And doesn't have a lot of the um, sort of jaded tendencies that other humans might have. It's like, you know, he's living in his completely own world. So, for the kids to have the start of the show creating this Tommy that I could then pull from, from them was really cool. Like, like just, just seeing how they kind of were using their physicalities moving around the world. I was able to sort of copy and like take little elements of what they were doing and then just like, you know, uh, magnify them as, as like the, the years went on. Um, but then there's, the, then, you know, once I'm in that first act, it's like this, wild ethereal version of Tommy that like exists at all times. It's like him from the past and the future. It's like every bit of Tommy that's ever lived all at once. That's kind of like how I see it. And then in the second act, it's, I revert back to like what Tommy is when he's still deaf, dumb and blind and in his catatonic state. Um, and then coming out of that, 
And then once again, being an open vessel and seeing like, okay, how do I exist in like normal culture? And like, how do I be social with people? And what do they expect? And what do I need to do? And then, you know, taking all that, um, deciding to, to give it away and going, reverting back to family and, and, and self. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, and before I come to you, Allison, just one quick desk question. The other thing I want to note is that the, this is clearly an ensemble piece. I mean, lots, but what I love in this is that almost every ensemble member gets moments, uh, Jeremy Alsop. I mean, there's just, you know, there's somewhere they're, they're, they're part of the group and they're, maybe they're a soldier or something like that, but they have their moments like pinball wizard or something like that. Um, is that the, is that in the script as, or was part of the direction here, maybe from you, from Pete saying, We've got this incredible cast. We need to be giving them functions that let each of them shine. You know, it's really a bit of both. Uh, I mean, it is to some extent in the script, and we had an idea of what we were looking for, you know, with the the ensemble. And we certainly want people that can act, sing, and dance. And so we want to take advantage of those talents. Uh, But it's also, you know, I think the players in this piece, to use an old-fashioned term, they're very much the storytellers, uh, especially the three actors that we're, uh, we have the pleasure of talking to right now. But, but all of them really uh, create the story. The, you know, there is no, this is a goofy theater goon term, but there's no automation below the deck. In other words, everything that comes on stage, and a lot of it lights up, is... Uh, you know, gripped by the actors. And so they really are at the very core of this, the, the storytellers. And so it, it is important to give them, um, you know, moments to, to shine through uh, because they're working so incredibly hard to, uh, uh, you know, get this piece across the footlights. So it was very much intentional and, uh, yeah, and, and that's one of the things that makes it joyous to work on. Well, and bravo on that. And by the way, Pete was supposed to be there opening night. Circumstances beyond his control, he could not. Has he seen, I mean, I don't, maybe before it opened, but has he seen this production, Des? No, but we, we keep in a very, very close touch. In fact, I'm about to go back to London and expect to see him. But he is absolutely going to see it. And uh, we talk constantly he's deeply involved in the decision making you know right from the beginning and uh i guess i i end up being kind of his elf as uh you know as we as we put this together but uh anytime any changes that go on in in terms of text or even staging you know i'm always consulting with him and you know we've become over the years we've worked together you know, close friends, we did a, a motion picture called The Iron Giant for uh, Warner Brothers. And so we worked on other projects uh, over the years. And I, I think we do have a kind of a shorthand, but I, I always recognize to everyone that he's the principal creator of this. He wrote the lyrics and music when he was 22. And that is an astonishing accomplishment. Oh, who didn't write a classic masterpiece when they were 22? He would. Yeah, well, Mozart, but but few, few <laughs> others. So, um, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, you know, so, but I, I've spent many, many hours with him over the, the time we've worked on this. So, you know, I like to think that we've done a kind of thorough exploration of this piece together. And, uh, yeah. 
You did well. You did. And when he comes into town, Adam and I are going to take him for a hamburger up at Hackney. So just just let him know we'll be okay. up in that neck of the woods. Allison, let me come back to you and talk to me about. So Tommy's your kid, but you too have to deal with just as Tommy, our Tommy Ali, has to deal with the other Tommies. You do too, and every one of them is the same kid to you. How does your mind as an as an actor? How does your mind work in terms of I've got Tommy one, Tommy two, older Tommy, but it is the same kid. Oh, I mean, I'm, I second what Ali said. Working with kids is like my favorite. I just love it. And it's, it's actually really, really easy. It's all about just staying present and listening to that kid in that moment, treating them like any other scene partner you would on stage and picking up what they give you every single night. It's a little different, but it's a little different every night with adults too. And your best things shine when you're just present and you take them at where they are today and you meet them where they're at and that's the only way they'll meet you where you're at and i think that's that's the beauty of theater right you get something a little bit different and it's cool when you work with multiple people playing a role because they all have their you know someone asked me who was coming to the show the other day a friend and they didn't mean anything by it but they're like so are we seeing the a cast or the b cast the kids tonight and i was like these kids are amazing they all bring their own little sparkle to something you know, like they, and they all have, they're all directed the same way and they're so consistent. You know, I always joke about um, Ava, the youngest one, because outside of rehearsal, she is, I told her, I was like, you're a maniac. And then I had to explain what maniac meant to her. <laughs> and then she gets on stage and she gets in rehearsal and she is just laser focused. And it, it's just cool to watch all these kids explore their gifts and to explore their craft and then be able to have a little bit of an impact if you're doing your job right you know teach them little things here and there keep them out of the sight line backstage you know and and they're they're just so professional they're always i mean even backstage before they enter they're always in it i never have to worry about oh are they gonna are they gonna deliver tonight they're just they meet you where you're at it's it's a really fun experience des when you cast the kids a part of that process because what Allison is saying, I think, is so true. I, I mean, there has to be. I just saw a show recently at Steppenwolf. It also involved a little kid, and all I can have going on in my head is to think, what happens when that little kid gets distracted or something? And you know, you really have to come to realize what great actors some of these young people are and want to be, and maybe that's why. But what, were there any considerations like that as you cast the young Tommies, or or not really? You know, uh, we put them through a, a basically the same kind of audition process we would uh, put an adult through. And, you know, so they, they sing, they move, uh, we watch them carefully, we, we you know, take them so that we can go over them, over that later. And I think at the end of the day, it's probably, it's, it's, it's more of an art than a science. And I think some of it's intuitive. And, um, you know, you, you, you get to know them a little bit in through the audition process. And the important thing to me is... is you know, they're, they're children first and uh, actors second. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm always much more concerned about the feelings of the kids. Uh, and, 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 you know, I'm obviously concerned about the performance too, but it really has to come uh, second uh, when, when you're dealing with, the, with children. And I, I did, you know, I, I have to say, I, I learned from all of the performers I work with uh, including these three artists, you know, you're, you're, you're a fool if you don't pay attention to the artists you work with. What I do is a great 
privilege and, and, and a dilettante's paradise as I get to enter into a, a new world every time I do a new piece. But, you know, you learn a, an amazing amount from the kids. And uh, Allison, I thought, described it perfectly. They have these really vivid imaginations. You know, when you're one of the, you know, two of the kids play Tommy at four, well, a four-year-old, you know, when a four-year-old sees a witch, that witch is a witch. You put a witch on stage. It's not somebody playing a witch. You know, have the, they have this extraordinary imagination. When Captain Walker returns from the dead in the story, because they think he's been killed in, in combat, he is a ghost to little Tommy. And I think in some ways that's really where the trauma begins, you know, for Tommy, that this, this person that, uh, you know, he, he thought was, was, was gone suddenly appears and um you know uh, anyway so i we do pay really close attention to to our kids they are our teachers well brilliantly cast and and ali so you have to work with and i don't know how much you can say because i do want people to have sort of little surprise experiences this but let's just say in this show the mirror is a character as well um to me can you talk a little bit about just what goes on in your mind because all the Tommies, there's part of your character which has to be a little distant, disconnected um, although your version gets a little more connected uh, as time goes on, but can you talk about that that relationship between you and the Tommies in the mirror? Yeah, I mean it, it's sort of this, um, you know, we've Des and I have talked about this and um, it, it's really this uh, rejecting of like existence and living life as normal people know it and really just completely internalizing everything going completely within yourself to deal and cope with your trauma. And, um, you know, also like, and then within this sort of world we've created, it's, it's really like not only going within yourself, but going within every past version of yourself and every future version of yourself. Um, yeah. Okay. And by the way, Adam, I'm curious because I've seen you in these, you know, uh, display of roles. What, what do you like doing more? Do you prefer this, the darker type characters I've described it? Or are, do you like the lighter characters? Just like the, the differentials? What, what's the role you just sink your teeth into? Um, I, I am being drawn more lately to the types of characters that you can really sink your teeth into. Um, I've been fortunate to, to play the lighter characters and, and, do the darker stuff as well. I, I, I want to be a versatile actor. I want to be able to do both. And so, um, and try to challenge myself in, in any, in any role that I do. And Allison, do you think, I'm sort of curious, Mrs. Walker, is she a good person? <laughs> I think, I think, I think so. I, I mean, I'll defend my character to death, but um, I think that Mrs. Walker and Mr. Walker are good people. I think they make clumsy decisions. I think they make fast-paced decisions that just have a tumble effect i mean that that's life right it's it's an experience after an experience and it's a cause and effect and they had a big a big effect happen after the choices they made that were in the moment and spontaneous and i always think of it as from a woman in that time period her decision her split decision in that moment was okay I thought my husband was dead. My lover has now been killed. I am either, I don't, and it's interesting because I don't even know this man anymore, right? I mean, he was the love of my life, but he's been gone for five years, four years. 
and now he's back. But I have the decision to defend him and have a family or be left with nothing. And then there's a dead man in my living room. So I think that they're both good people that just happen to make very quick, clumsy decisions that then tumbleweed into, you know, these results that are unfortunate, but life, like life isn't always a bowl of cherries, you know? Well, I, I have to tell you, I don't know. Some There's some actors, whatever people don't like to read their reviews. You can go ahead and read all your reviews. Uh, <laughs> there, there is not one that doesn't just just rave about this show. I took my brother that night because we both grew up with this and he had to be my guest. And um, he called me the next day and went, I cannot stop talking and thinking about this show. So my congratulations to all of you on an amazing performance. The Who's Tommy is playing at the Goodman Theater through August 6th. Tickets at goodmantheater.org. Theater spelled the proper British way, T-R-E. Um, please give Pete our congratulations to all of you. You are magnificent. I will be back sitting in that front row center seat again, and I'll scream out Adam, Ali, and Allison. I'll scream for all of you that night.